Welcome to Group Talk. Four shows, one podcast from the Small Group Network focusing on topics relevant to small group ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you're a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax, listen, and enjoy Inside Saddleback with Steve Gladen. Happy September to all of you small group point people out there in the trenches of small group ministry. Thanks so much for tuning in to listen to our show today. Uh, Derek here along with your other host, Steve Gladen. Hey everybody, it's great to have you in the month of September already. Man, pressing into the fourth quarter almost. It is crazy. And we also have a friend and special guest to the show a little bit later, Brandon Bathauer, spiritual growth pastor at Salabak. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be an amazing show. I know we're bringing some smarts into the uh, podcast. I love it, you know? Yeah, you and me need all of the help in that area that we can get. Uh, Uh, Steve, when this show goes live, you will be one day away from your beloved Ohio State football team season opener versus Minnesota. How psyched are you right now? I mean, I think just for general college football world, I think uh, anybody who's uh, who loves football, although I, I was noticing in the Facebook group, you know, there was a, a contingency that was wanting less sports analogies, but that's why we have three other podcast shows, so you can get that. Uh, but uh, it, it is, it's exciting. It'll, it'll be fun to see if, as long as you win. So both of us, uh, as you know, for both me and Derek, uh, Podcast is not a fun day when our teams lose the the previous weekend. So trying to trying to get to that undefeated season. Yeah, as I would tell my five year old daughter, one more sleep um, to your first game. Hey, also real quick, and then I mm-hmm. promise we'll get to ministry stuff. Mm-hmm. I see that your team has fallen in the current recruiting rankings from number one down to number three. I just wanted to uh, give you my apologies. Oh, are you talking about the class of 22 that doesn't sign until, you know, February? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's, you, you can't, you gotta, you gotta look at the, the end of the game, not, not in the uh, first quarter of the game. So well, let's see, let's see where our two teams land up. I mean, have, have you guys broken a uh, number inside the top 30? Well, you know, we just, we don't have all that cash to, to pay the players. So, you know, we're just trying to go by the books, but, uh, uh We'll move on. We'll move on. So for new listeners to the show, uh, we feature four segments uh, each month. We feature the Saddleback Scoop, the Network Nugget, the Leadership Learning, and the Trending Topic. So Steve, let's dive in to the Saddleback Scoop. What do you got for us? Yeah. So uh, just as we're framing up the show, we're going to be talking about four uh, vital areas of training that you got to be thinking through. So for all you small group point people out there, I, I think the question just comes down to, I think some of them are going to be common, a uh, few maybe foreign to you. So I would just say, as we're going through uh, each block of the show, uh, we want to keep looking at, you know, okay, which which one of these trainings are you missing? So in the Saddleback Scoop, what we're focused on is uh, workplace training. And if you guys aren't working in uh, the workplace, more of your people that were, well, you're looking at your your peeps, they're spending the majority of their time, not at church, not in small group, as much as we would like that, or serving the church. Uh, they're spending more most of their time uh, working, either at home or they're working in the in the corporate world or you know wherever they're getting their paycheck from. And one of the things I was just excited about is the Target Corporation connected with us to uh, do a training with their small groups that they have. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not a proponent of any 
company over another, but whenever a company is making room for uh, their employees to have uh, Bible study groups and small groups, I'm I'm kind of digging it a little bit. I know there's a lot of political stuff with Target, but you know the thing that I'm excited about is that as we were talking to them and reaching out. Uh, everyone was reaching out into their networks just saying, hey, we're doing a training for uh, some of the Target employees, uh, uh, predominantly in the state of Minnesota, and invited other corporations if they just wanted to take a little peekaboo in and see what was happening. And, and we had seven corp- corporations that joined in on the training. Um, just, I mean, this, like United Healthcare joined in, General uh, Mills joined in. Metronics, um, um, who also has a Christian employee resource group, which is uh, popular both in Minnesota and in, or- in, in Southern California in the LA basin. Just, uh, you know, just other, there are some other corporations that were there. And it, it, as exciting as the training was, and, and it's always beautiful, uh, this was beyond our, you know, we have about three, 400 groups that are uh, in the workplace environment. The thing I would challenge you and ask you is, how are you equipping the people who go to work day in and day out to be, you know, uh, Christ followers in their workplace? And I'll tell you this, a little bit of a spoiler alert, the answer isn't doing a workplace group immediately. Uh, But there's a lot of uh, planting and watering that has to be done to earn that credibility in wherever you you work. No matter where you work, uh, you have legal standing to uh, hold that group. And so what I would encourage you to do is uh, two things. One is I'd go to saddleback.com forward slash works, which in the show notes, I know Derek will be uh, putting that in there so you can kind of see that and works as an acrostic. And I'll let you dive into that as you want to. But if you haven't listened, uh, this is just uh, last month in the August 2021, here to there with uh, Carolyn Takeda. Uh, she brought on uh, Ron Kelleher, who was a, uh, he was a, a VP with uh, P&G, Procter & Gamble, and uh, helps with the workplace ministry. He's a volunteer at Saddleback, uh, but he, he runs our workplace ministry. And I would encourage you to go back and get a deep dive uh, into that. A couple of other things that are fun on the uh, small group side of Saddleback, and we'll cover this more in the October show, but we're doing our fall kickoff in October. For those of you that have multi-site uh, campuses, uh, we this might be a fun learning for you, but we're doing one launch 19 different ways because we have 19 campuses. And so we'll be looking forward to bring that to you. And then another thing that we're going to be rolling out uh, here in September is grading out our uh, small group pastors out there. And do you want to grade out as a leader, grade out as a champion? And there's uh, two sets of numbers we're going with, uh, 531 and 1062. And the five stands for uh, make at least five calls during the week into your host. Three stands for have at least three coffees and one stands for at least one meal uh, with the people to build relationships. So uh, on our small group pastor side, that can be with community leaders or that can be with small group hosts. And then if we get a grade out as a champion that week, it'd be 1062, which is this double of each one. So lots floating on in the month of September. We are not quite at launch phase, uh, but we're excited about what's, what's going on in the small groups. That was a big old Saddleback scoop. 
Very good. Okay, now it's time for our network nugget. And this is where we talk about the latest news, the latest information coming out of the small group network. And Steve, there's always so many exciting developments happening in the small group network. Where do you want to start this month? Yeah, I mean, uh, in September, we're going to push you hard, man, because we got the virtual lobby coming back. And so we're committed to doing a virtual lobby every year. Uh, that has some global ramifications because, uh, as you know, we we do a virtual lobby in October and a physical lobby that COVID kind of upset, which is how we stumbled onto this learning. Uh, COVID upset it, and so, but ho- hopefully in February of 2022, we'll be back to our physical lobby. But um, what we're doing is in this vir- in this virtual lobby. Uh, there's a strategic component, and if you're outside the United States, we have 12 global leaders that will be taking the same lobby that we're doing here in North America, October 7th, they'll be bringing it to you in 2022, uh, in the first quarter of 2022. So um, if you're listening to this and going, oh man, the time zone just messes me up or I can't do anything like that. Uh, just know that we're you're going to be, you're not going to miss it if, you, if it's at a bizarre hour for you, but just know that Uh, We have 12 global leaders that will be doing the same virtual lobby uh, coming up to you in uh, February, uh, January, February, or March of 22. But for those of you in North America, our primary listeners and small group point people, we want to invite you to the virtual lobby. And uh, if you go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby, you'll learn uh, so much more about the details. But bottom line, this whole three and a half hours from 9 a.m. to 12.30 Pacific Standard Time is just full of leadership development. Um, Three guys that I look up to in the leadership development world are Bill Donahue, Tony Love out of the Buffini Company, and uh, uh, Dave Alford, who is one of our development pastors and works on the central team here with all of our small group and connections pastors, uh, developing their leadership. Uh, those three are going to be uh, doing main sessions, and then we have, we'll have 12 uh, separate breakouts that will uh, take more of the uh, leadership development, even dial it in more uh, micro into the small group ministry world. And these 12 breakouts will be about 30% or 50% uh, training and another 50% of application discussion into your small group ministry. It's one thing to hear a plenary speaker uh, like the three that I mentioned, but it's another thing to be able to uh, say, okay, how does this apply inside my small group ministry? So uh, smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby. And then right after that, uh, you're going to have an opportunity uh, at a huge discount to jump into our first leadership course. You know, we have Uh, a ton of courses to help your ministry grow deeper uh, in the small group network, but you're going to be going to have a chance to be able to uh, take your leadership and your small group ministry leadership a little bit different. Uh, The leadership course is going to be called leadership essentials. And so uh, Dave Alford, who has his PhD in leadership development is going to be bringing that course to you. So I want to encourage you to be able to, uh, do that. Derek, did I miss anything on the virtual lobby? I think you nailed it. Um, I would just concur with what you said. Uh, sign up, sign up, sign up for virtual lobby. When we did it last time, 
uh, in March in place of the physical lobby. It was just a great uh, online virtual event, one of the best I think we've ever done. We had hundreds of people join, and uh, it was just so cool, all the different breakouts and main sessions. And so definitely go to smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby, and it'll give you a nice taste of the physical lobby, which is one of the best events uh, in the small groups world you could ever attend, and that's the physical lobby in February. Yeah, and something else that's kind of going to be new to the small group network, and this is just more of a prayer request from my side of it. Uh, at one of our accelerates, we had a corporation that joined in, and it's really spawned some great conversations. Uh, if you've been to an accelerate, we kind of go through uh, a strategic plan uh, for your small group ministry, and uh, all the principles are very transferable into the corporate world. Uh, we talk about connecting, which would be sales in the corporate world. We talk about growing, which is uh, for them, it's training. Investing is, you know, the people development side, the pipeline. Uh, when we talk about, you know, how how's your small group ministry reaching? That's in the corporate world. That's marketing. And then when we're talking about sustaining, they're they're looking deep into their customer service. So uh, I'm actually pairing up with two corporate execs to help build out the business side of Accelerate. And so something you can be praying about because this is a great reach we'll have into. A lot of non-believers, but it's one of those where, uh, if you know the Bible, it's probably one of the best uh, corporate leadership building blocks uh, that you can have. So be a prayer about that because uh, we're, we're excited. It's uh, the we got some great meetings that are happening at the close of twenty one here in the fourth quarter uh, with uh, these business execs that want to see this take off. So uh, be in prayer about that. Man, so much going on. We got new new courses, new online conferences, uh, new leadership trainings. So uh, hopefully you can get dialed into all of that. That is our network nugget for this month of September. And now we're going to jump into our leadership learning. And this is where we want to bring on friend and special guest to the show, spiritual growth pastor at Selavac, uh, Brandon Bathauer, who's going to be talking uh, about our leadership learning. Steve, you want to jump in first? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a guy I respect. So, you know, as we've been going through the show, we've been talking about the different trainings, you know, in the Saddleback Scoop. We talked about your your workplace training, how well you're doing in the network. We're talking about leadership training that's big. Uh, but in this leadership learning, uh, I, we saw a um, a book that came across the, the Facebook group uh, called The Other Side of the Church. And I love the subtitle. It's Christian Community Brain Science and overcoming spiritual stagnation. So I went to our spiritual growth team uh, at Saddleback, and I just said, hey, have you guys heard of this book? And they just went through the whole thing. So uh, I was talking to Brandon, and uh, he he's, you know, if you could see inside his brain, uh, it would probably both Derek and my brains could both go in, you know, half of his brain, but uh, he's an <laughs> intellectual group guru, but Brandon, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to talk about this book. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself after we uh, pegged you to be just one step short of Jesus. Goodness sakes, man. That's quite the, quite the standard for me to stand up to. Bring Bethany on the show and we'll just, you know, we'll, 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 I mean, we'll she's, the, the, she's the real star. That's absolutely right. <laughs> Bethany's my wife. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is a long-time listener, first-time caller. So this is this is really great. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, we've got two little ones. Uh, Lincoln's four years old. Ray just turned one, and um, been serving on the spiritual spiritual growth team for the last three years. Previous to that, was the pinnacle of my my career in small group ministry at at one of our campuses. Uh, yeah. So that was that was a blast. That's why we love him so much. You know, uh, he he's our mold. The spiritual, yeah, actually, a couple of you guys are, were running groups at campuses. So it's great to have that that synergy that's right there. So, uh, Brandy, you said that your your team took uh, had just gone through this book, which was about going. Oh my goodness, this is such a cool God thing. Tell me uh, what how how did you guys stumble across the book? Yeah, so we've been doing a lot of work around um, attachment theory uh, and this this viewpoint, this theory that basically would say that we become who we attach to. And so if we're attaching ourselves to celebrities or this or that group, um, it starts to shape who we are. When we sh- when we attach ourselves to Christ, that starts to shape who we are. And so we've been doing a lot of research around that and. Um, we had a few other people at Saddleback that were mentioning this book. And we were like, oh, man, we've got to get into that book. So, uh, yeah, we finished this one up, um, yeah, just a, just a couple months ago. And it brought a lot of really great discussion for us. It was, it was really um, paradigm shifting in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, besides both Derek and I feeling guilty that we're attaching to uh, college uh, football first, <laughs> first Jesus as much as we should. Uh, but let's move on from that. But, uh, you know, when you and your team are going through the book, tell us a little bit about the authors and uh, just your overview of, of the book. Yeah, so this is a co-written book, Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks. Michael had spent some time in ministry um, doing, doing kind of discipleship, spiritual formation. And I think Mm -hmm. had come across some challenges in his experience, um, just saying, man, how, how do we see character formation in the church? Mm -hmm. Um, he ran into a guy named Jim Wilder, who we've been reading. Um, he is, uh, they call him a neuro theologian, right? So he's a brain scientist who spent some time with Dallas Willard and, really cares about how character formation happens. He's also a Fuller graduate. Shout out to Fuller. Oh, thank you very much. Here we go. That's right. I, I, knew, I knew I'd love this book when I saw the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, basically the, the, the premise of this book is that uh, a lot of times in the church, I think we've bought into this idea of other half of the church, uh, one half of our brain, um, the, the kind of left hemisphere of our brain where that's kind of the place where we process a lot of our conscious thought, speech, strategies, problem solving. This philosophy would say information equals transformation. If we can just get the right amount of information in people's minds, Mm -hmm. then they will change. Mm -hmm. And we know that that's one part of the diet, but this book is saying there's this whole other part of ourselves that actually is where character formation is is really based. And that's in the right hemisphere of our brain. It's a lot faster. It's kind of before our conscious thought. It works about six times per second. And what it works through is identity and emotional attachment and kind of our assessment of our surroundings. Is this a good place? Is this bad? Is this scary? And our relational attachments. And so this book says, hey, how do we, how do we get intentional with that side? of mm-hmm. how we are formed. Uh, when we're thinking about the church, 
how do we see kind of a growth of, um, uh, he basically lays out four ingredients. One of them is joy. This, this experience you have when someone else is glad to see you. Mm. How do we see that uh, grow in our contexts? The, the second one is hesed, uh, which is this you know, Hebrew word for loving commitment. And this is a lot where the attachment word comes in. Mm. Do we feel a commitment from another where then there's some level of safety, there's some level of comfort, and there's a connection there um, that starts to shape our identity? Uh, then they talk through group identity. We talk a lot about individual identity. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. Mm -hmm. But we actually are very much shaped by the communities of which we are a part. And so, the, yeah. <laughs> and so the group identity of, no, this is who we are. Think about the camps we find ourselves in today. We, we identify with these different camps that really shape a lot of our thinking and our being. And so, again, being intentional about that in the church to say, uh, man, maybe we've overlooked some of these pieces. And when we've been teaching these things, maybe we're not practicing some of these pieces. They're kind of just naturally happening. And then out of that, if you've got a Hesed environment uh, of deep committed love, if there's joy in kind of the experiences we have with one another, if we have a strong group identity that's shaped by Christ, then you really have a place for uh, loving correction where you can challenge each other towards kind of these group, um, identities that I think are, are really uh, helpful that can start to shape our character. So that's kind of the, the premise overview of the book. Is it on that last one? Is it not so much? I mean, is it also inclusive of not only uh, uh, correcting people, but them feeling comfortable enough to do the first John one nine, where you could come forth to your to the people in your group and say, "Hey, I, I need to confess some temptation before I confess the sin," type of thing. Right. Yeah. When we're just individuals, right, that is a very hard thing to do because uh, we're basically saying, oh, maybe I've gone against, maybe I've got the shame or this guilt about mm -hmm. this thing that I've done. But when I'm saying, man, we've got this group kind of standard that we're living by, and I fell short of that, but I know who I am. I'm, I'm a son or daughter of the king. Mm -hmm. And so I'm stepping into that identity that already is, but maybe hasn't been fully formed yet it really changes how we say sorry, right? It, it doesn't come with shame. And I guess I'll try to do better. It's I stepped outside of who I am for a moment. Yeah. And that's a very different statement. You know, uh, I, I love, I mean, our, 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 you know, Saddleback is so blessed and uh, sorry to have to say this, you know, for some of the churches that are going, Oh, I hate you even more or jealousy, but our, our, our spiritual maturity team is uh, you got some of the best minds that are helping us working with our curriculum and everything. But I love that you guys have all gone through this book and discussed it. Why, why would you say it's important to a small group point person or maybe a small group pastor, or maybe a pastor, maybe listening to this, he's not into groups, but why, why is this book, so critical for them to understand. I, I think there's a reason that this kind of sprung up in the, in the discussion boards uh, on Facebook, I think is where it first showed up. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think it absolutely is squarely in the work of small group pastors, particularly um, to start practicing this thing, because a lot of what is talked about in this, in this book is in the realm of relationships and there's no better place for true relationships in the church than small groups. And so essentially, if you think about uh, in, in 
school, you know, you go to lecture hall and then after that you would go to a lab, right? And that's mm -hmm. where you kind of practice this stuff. I think about the small groups almost as the laboratory for love, if you will, you know, of this, <laughs> this committed, um, loving relationship and what a great opportunity for, for kind of being shaped by some of these things mm -hmm. and seeing how they get implemented into the group. We got a few kind of, I think, practical ideas that this could impact training and curriculum, um, Happy to jump into some of these ideas that as we walked it through, we were taking notes like crazy. Yeah. I mean, let, let's let's take a, a little bit of a, a dive because I think there's not a small group point person that wouldn't disagree that uh, we need all four of those things. I mean, trying to get from theory to practice, how, you know, this whole block is about group training. But, you know, when you look at group training and and probably curriculum is one of the best you know, tools that's lost in small group ministry as a training instrument, how, I mean, how should, uh, how would this impact training? How would this impact curriculum? Yeah. So we're kind of in the, in the spiritual growth team, we're kind of in the curriculum development world. Um, I'm and so that, grateful by the way, <laughs> <laughs> and this is where our kind of our minds went first. Um, Again, character, for, character formation, if that's what we want to see uh, in the church is one of the primary things we're doing is character formation. How do we achieve that? Well, again, we can buy into the information equals transformation viewpoint. And we know it just, it, it doesn't, that that is, cannot be the entirety of the diet. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about what happens in the small group on the curriculum side, it's so often we fall into that. Like, okay, you know, you walk in your small group, everyone says, Hey, 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 great, great. Okay. Let's sit down a circle. Let's intake information. And then we can kind of talk about it, but talk about it sometimes in a way that still the focus is how do I, how do I learn this information, which is still very left hemisphere stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what we were thinking about is, okay, how do we be intentional about the whole meeting? even in the curriculum piece. And so this is something you can do in whatever context you're in, whatever curriculum you're using. Thinking a little bit more about what happens right before and, and right after kind of that discussion time and actually building in hardwiring and some practices. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to each other when you first come into the, to the house or um, at the coffee shop or whatever, wherever you're meeting or into the zoom room? What, what do you say when you're, when you're leaving? How do you affirm uh, love for one another in that time? Um, it's very easy for you to show up as an individual into a group and leave as an individual in the group rather than mm -hmm. experiencing being a part of this community. And so um, one of the things we've been thinking about is, okay, how do we integrate some exercises? And there are a lot of ideas in the book uh, about, about exercises to build some of these senses of joy and, and hesed, how do we build attachment to one another and to Christ through this? Um, even just corporate reading of scripture together, that does something. And sometimes we can just jump right past it and we're jumping right into discussion. What if we build that practice in and even in the curriculum itself, say, okay, now everyone read this passage together. Now let's watch this video. Now let's ask this question. And then when it comes to the questions, one of the big things that we were thinking about is that, let's say you got three questions out of a, out of a video or out of something that you've read. Or for think, the whole group night, for that matter. Exactly, right. Is to think we over me on some of those questions. So if the question is, 
how are you loving this week? That's one question. And that's very personal. That's, that's mm-hmm. me oriented. And what I'm doing in that is I'm sitting in this group, I'm sharing, well, here are my experiences. Everyone else shares their experiences. And then we go about on our way. But what if we ask the we question, where did we experience love as a group this past week or when we were serving together over here? That starts to shape our, our thinking a little bit more to this group, um, this group identity. Wow. Yeah. I experienced love when you said this to me this way. That gets much more personal and, and you got to be close as a group to get there. But some amazing things start to happen in, in both hemispheres of our brain when we get there. So that's just some of the ideas when it comes to curriculum, things you can build on top of whatever curriculum you're using. Happy September, small group point people. Jason Banzoff here, and we're heading into September, and that means group launches. Hoping and praying that your groups kick off right. Now, once everything slows down for you, we have an event that you will not want to miss. The Small Group Network is very excited to present the Fall Virtual Lobby on October 7th. Our biggest and most popular event of the year is now going to be a virtual event this fall. The theme for the conference is leadership and will feature main session speakers Bill Donahue, Dave Alford, and more. We will also be hosting over 10 breakout sessions, all of which will be available on demand following the live event for all registered attendees. Come ready for world-class leadership development, amazing breakout sessions, plenty of discussions, and Q&A time, and a chance to make some great new friends. Check out our Facebook group or visit smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby. Again, that's smallgroupnetwork.com forward slash virtual lobby to register. Now back to Inside Saddleback. Sounds to me like we need to get uh, this book into the hands of a lot of um, lead pastors. In my experience, you know, so many lead pastors want dynamic small groups happening in their church, right? But, and then you've got the small group point people or small group pa- pastors who are really involved in, in building community and in community. But a lot of times those, those lead guys are so busy, right? They're actually not in community. So maybe to all you small group point people out there, this could be a good uh, Christmas gift idea for your lead pastors. What do you guys think of that? No, I mean, I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, Brandon, if, if I were to push you a little bit further on the training side, what, what would you say on the training side? You did a great job on the curricula side. Uh, any thoughts on training, how training should happen if you're going in the same thing? Yeah. So one of the pieces that I thought was really interesting on the neuroscience side is again, our, our right hemisphere moves a lot faster than our left hemisphere that before we get to words, we go to images, uh, examples, models. And so a lot of times when it comes to training, training, how to build this type of a culture in a group. A lot of that starts with what we are modeling, even as small group pastors or small group point people. I think it's easy to, to put together some information. Here's some, some, some training pieces to help you go through. It's very different than to model what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think you can do this digitally. I think you can have a recording of an interaction you're having with somebody else. And when people see that, it, it actually starts to create a model in their mind so that when they get to that moment, Let's say somebody is crying in their small group. How does that group respond when somebody is in tears, something hard is going on? You can have some bullet points of be supportive, you know, and Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that our left brain will work a little bit slower to get to that point when somebody's crying. But if we see a few examples of a healthy group responding to somebody in tears at that moment, that 
that person who sees that, that their brain is going to go faster to that moment. And they're going to rely um, on their kind of response out of that picture that's in their mind. It's almost pre-conscious. You're not thinking, wait, what did that training tell me to do? It's, it's already in there. It's pre-conscious. It'll be your kind of gut level response because you have these images already in your mind. So when it comes to training, the power of, of uh, models, the power of images, I think can be really, really helpful. It's funny as we look at the New Testament, how often Jesus used both of those things yes uh, to communicate the gospel so uh totally go ahead and absolutely this is definitely a both and approach i think this book can sometimes lean a little bit too far on saying it's all just the right brain stuff Mm -hmm. and of course it's trying to push on a spectrum and saying look we've we've been so um maybe over influenced by our education models that are very left-brained um so how how do we move back to this it's something that um pastor rick often says is People are going to show up to a church where they feel loved. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah, but they're, um, they're, it's more about sociology than it is, you know, theology. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, people will feel when they show up onto the campus. That's what I experienced at Saddleback. And you talk to a lot of people, the teaching is fantastic. But usually what people will first state is, man, I felt loved when I came here. Yeah. And that's a lot of training. And honestly, that's a lot of modeling. Yeah. Um, modeling from Pastor Rick and Pastor Tom and Pastor Buddy and you, Pastor Steve, who is kind of modeling this way of being that other people are picking up. So when we think about small group hosts and how we're training, uh, modeling, I think, is huge. All right. The Other Side of the Church, a great book. Uh, I just want to encourage you uh, on September 22nd uh, show with Group Talk uh the reading lens with Nick Lindsay, and he's got a special guest on. They're going to spend the whole time rolling through this book, taking a deeper, deeper dive. So uh, be looking forward to the, at the close of September, uh, 2021. If you guys are catching this podcast a little bit later on in life, Uh, but September 22 launch date of uh, the reading lens on group talk. We'll, we'll cover this whole lot deeper. Thanks, Brandon. That was awesome. And uh, thanks so much for telling us about this book. And that was our leadership learning for September. Okay, we are rounding the corner and sliding into the home base of this episode, the trending topic. And Steve, we're talking about survival training in the trending topic. Take it home. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I have been inundated with so many different types of conversations uh, from small group point people, uh, you know, both home and abroad. I mean, it's, it's, it's been pervasive uh, enough that I want to be able to share uh, in this particular block, you know, uh, the survival training that's needed because every one of us wants to last the long haul. No one, no one goes into ministry saying, Oh, I wonder how I can be in this for six months or, you know, three years or seven years, and then, then jump into back into the corporate world or anything like that. But I I would say over this last sense, and, and I, and I want to say, this is not exclusive of me. So many of these things I have been feeling too. Uh, So, I mean, this is not just, you know, me going, Oh, let me help you. I mean, I'm feeling the same thing, but I can't tell you how many more pastors have been exiting ministry uh, some of my closest friends have been saying, you know what, it, it is time for, you know, me getting out of this thing. Uh, burnout is, is at its highest, <clears throat> excuse me, stress 
and reorgs the reorgs bring stress but sometimes you know people they lose their job uh and and with that so so more and more people are just jumping out uh, of ministry so it led me to to talk a little bit about what i've been talking to others and i've been doing self-speak into me and i want to talk to you about four warning signs that you're looking at you know when you're saying hey uh am am i getting burned out am i stressed you may already be saying hey i'm ready to leave but i want you to look at these these warning signs because i think there's three antidotes that are simple but so often not adhered to and they're not uh they're 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 practices that we talk about you're not going to go oh these are new but how they incorporate into the warning signs is going to be very, very uh, pivotal for you. But three, four warning signs uh, that we can start to do. So just do this as a self-checkup for you right now as a small group point person. Number one, are you callous about miracles? Now, this is the, the sin or this is the area of apathy. And this is more in your attitude and in your mind. But what we mean by counts about miracles are, do you not get excited about someone coming to Christ at your church? I mean, are you hungry for it? Do you look for it? Do you celebrate with it? How about baptism? How about someone getting connected into a group? How about someone having, you know, a, a life-changing moment inside a small group? Is it just another thing and you're on to the next? Or are you starting to get callous about the miracles that are day-to-day that you should be very, very sensitized to. If you're watching a baptism and you're not too emotionally moved, uh, this may be a warning sign that, hey, you're getting set up for stress, for burnout, for maybe eventually leaving. Second one, are you casual about sin? And this is just the the er- the sin of arrogance. And what we mean about ca- casual about sin is, uh, you and I'm not talking about you know you know the seven deadly sins or anything like that. That obviously would be fronting your grill house and going, oh, I can't be casual about that. You know, if you go on a date with somebody other than your spouse, then yeah, I mean, hopefully you're you're not you're not immune to saying, hey, this is bad. But I'm just talking about the simple things. You know, not representing the truth a hundred percent, bending something just a little bit. It's what we call the little white lies, or it's just a little snarky comment about somebody. You really didn't throw them under the bus, but you definitely pushed them into the street, and they got they got winged by it or something like that. But so it's it's these casual sins where you're getting starting to get a little bit arrogant that you fall under a different set of rules then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, you start going, hey, I, I have rights. I have a little bit of entitlement that I, I can get away with that because of who I am or position. Third thing, are you cynical about staff? And this is the sin of divisiveness. And I would say this one more than any has been pervasive throughout so much of ministry these last 14 months because we are all so passionate about so many of the things that have been jerking the church all around and so we tend to get cynical about decisions that are made and again this is where two and three kind of go go hand in hand you get cynical about it and then you get a little casual and sin and you gossip about it or you get you know you throw somebody else under the bus because they weren't you know uh doing things the way you would like to do them And so when you start getting cynical about staff, 
And for us in the small group world, it may be everyone that works on the temple court side of the equation. Uh, you've got your own one and names coming into. If you've been cynical about staff, warning sign, big warning sign that you're you're going to let uh, stress creep in. You're going to let burnout creep in. Uh, that you may say, I'm, "I've had enough." Fourth warning sign is you get careless about the disciplines. And uh, this is more the sin of just laziness. And this is, it, it's a kissing cousin to the first one I mentioned, Callous About Miracles. But this is just where you know some of the, the basic disciplines where you're at developmentally that you need to work on. And this is when uh, the actions that, that you've got to do to help produce those feelings that should follow. Uh, sometimes your feelings drive it. Sometimes it's action, but it's the disciplines. Uh, you know, in the college football world, uh, it always says the champions aren't built in the fall when the games are happy. And the champions are built in the summer when nobody's watching them and they've got to do their own workouts because coaches and trainers can't interface with the students. And so they've got to drive their own disciplines for them to be the best players they can be. Now, these four warning signs, I would just ask you to say really quickly, are any of them trigger points with me? Because if you're going to survive the long haul, if you want survival training, make sure these four are showing up on your grid that you can say, okay, warning sign, I've got to, I've got to play into something else. Now, these weigh in very tightly to being able to say, you know, as you're looking at these four, let me bring in three practices that they're fundamental. You know them, but they're critical in bringing whichever warning sign you're dealing with, you've got to bring it into one of these three practices. And, and I'll just list them for you. Uh, Brandon, I know you're still on the call. I'd love to get some uh, color and commentary from you and from Derek, but they're just very simple. It's divert daily, withdraw weekly abandon annually. Now, let me unpack these just real quick and, and get some feedback. But so if, if you're starting to get callous about miracles, when you divert daily, that that is your quiet time. This is how you recharge with Christ. You need to bring this daily and whatever it is, whether it's your scripture reading or your prayer time or whatever, and be able to say, hey, God, I, I need to just daily quick prayer. Help me be a little bit more sensitized. Help me be broken by what breaks you. Withdrawing weekly. I would say this is probably one of the biggest negligent areas in most staffs, uh, paid staff, even volunteer staff uh, in, in our culture in North America. And that is withdrawing daily. The Bible calls this Sabbath. How do you... I mean, we believe so much that God can do more with our 90% financially than we can do with 100%. That's why we tithe. But so often when it comes to our time, we don't believe God can do more with six days than I can do with seven days. And so it's the same principle. And so often, again, you know, when you're callous about miracles, it's using that as the example. So often it's because you're just going from thing to thing to thing to thing for God not to soften some of those calluses on you because you're not spending time with him in a Sabbath. And then abandon, abandon annually. And this is a retreat. This is a retreat for you. And uh, during COVID, uh, I had the luxury of taking new, uh, quite a few days off 
uh, just to abandon and not do a vacation, but do a vacation with God, uh, basically for my own health. And so I just want to, you know, it can seem like a simple answer, but it's not really an answer per se. It's using those three environments or practices to engage with the with the warning signs that are out there. Derek uh, or uh, Brandon, you know, jump in. Yeah, you know, I think, um, man, I love those warning signs. Uh, they are really, really helpful. When I'm thinking about what's going on right now in in the current reality we're living, I think it's easy to go to these things as a uh, as a result, as a coping mechanism to the amount of weight that we may feel on our shoulders. Uh, there's so much going on that we can be almost overwhelmed emotionally that then we become callous about miracles because I, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to even offer. Mm-hmm. And I think all of these pieces, diverting daily, withdrawing weekly, abandoning annually, I think they do a few things to relieve the weight off of our shoulders to, again, go back to Jesus who says, my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, when I think about diverting daily, one of the things I've been practicing on top of my quiet time is again, working from home. It's, it's really difficult to kind of make that different time between work and home life. Mm. And so I've been doing this virtual commute where, you know, after I finish work, I take really five to 10 minutes to just reflect on the day. It's a little bit, you know, prayer of examine in a lot of ways. I just do a short kind of prayer of examine. God, where were you in, in my work today? Where, where were you doing some amazing things? Where was I a little bit off? And that's where you can start noticing these, you know, man, I was really cynical about that, that coworker or man, I did just like throw that person under the bus a little bit, or I wasn't very representative of truth in that statement. So that little bit of prayer of examine that I used to do driving home from work that I don't do anymore because mm. here I am at home. And then I just walk right into my family and that stuff just carries with me. So that diverting daily, I, I guess I'm diverting twice a day now <laughs> doing that piece. Very cool. Very so, cool. Yeah, I would I would jump in and say I love those three simple practices you shared, Steve, kind of the antidotes to divert daily, withdraw weekly, abandon annually. I would key in on that number two one, withdraw weekly, I think. For those of us who have been in you know full-time ministry, uh this one can be so hard, you know, because we all believe in the Sabbath principle. We know its benefits and the importance, right? Um, but we can so easily tie that to the weekend and think that our Sabbath is, you know, maybe it's, for example, it's Sunday, but we're spending half the day preparing for the the service or the gathering or the online experience, right? Working essentially. And so just finding that um, that pathway, that Sabbath for each uh, individual, you know, whether that's going outside on a hike or just that time you spend where you're um, seeking the Lord in His presence, recharging and not, you know, doing the work per se, of the ministry, the busy stuff. I think that's so key. And that's, uh, I know when I have that one day a week where I can recharge and get away and and not be checking my email and text every minute, it makes my week go so much better. Yeah. No, it's, uh, love your insights. And it, it's something that I think we all, we all deal with. I, I always look through these four warning signs and I can't tell you 
ashamedly how often they have crept up over the last 14 months. And I got to hold them in check like a big, bad monster. But, uh, you know, it is those, those three practices, those antidotes that uh, just help you, you know, mellow out and get together with Jesus. So, hey, great show, everybody. Uh, loved it. Derek, bring us home. And uh, Brandon, great to have you uh, as our guest. It's always a, a privilege. Yeah, Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it was great to have you on. And thanks again to everybody listening. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope that this episode encouraged you, recharged you, and equipped you to lead your small group ministry better. Uh, and until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website, smallgroupnetwork.com, to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.